Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the X Podcast Thanksgiving Edition. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, How was your Thanksgiving? It was really great. Was it? Yeah. How was the turkey? It was so. Was it dried out or was it? <laughs> How was the turkey? Before we get too far, okay. <laughs> we don't know how our Thanksgiving went yet. Yeah, we're recording this prior um, to prior Thanksgiving. to Thanksgiving. I will say I'm really excited about what I'm making. Um, I'm making a buttermilk pie. What? Buttermilk pie. Buttermilk pie. It's basically nothing but buttermilk, sugar, and butter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Baked in a or in flour and in a pie crust. But it looks Are really you serious. Good. How could it possibly be bad? But those yeah, are good. I know. It's like uh, this is like going to the fair and getting fried butter. Mm-hmm. Butter on a stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, are you going to put anything it's on it? Like whipped cream or anything? No, for sure. Thanksgiving. No, but you make both of those sound bad, though. You're like, yeah. butter. Fried butter. Fried, fried butter <laughs> sounds gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a time and a place for everything yeah, under sun. I think the Bible says. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> and we should introduce our our special guest we he have needs today. needs no introduction. Oh, man. This this man, Rick Jones, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. It's uh, it's great to be here. I, I really appreciate appreciate you guys uh, asking me, inviting me to be here for this. It's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah. So I feel like we should jump right into it. We, what we is, kicked Russ off, by right. the way. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done. He's gone. Um, just, is he still alive? I don't know. He's, um, he's he was sick, and we were like, "Don't come near us. Yeah, don't stay come away." Near us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, uh, but we've upgraded. So, hey, exactly. welcome, hey, and here we we're go. glad to have you. So, Rick, what political party are you, and can you just, <laughs> yeah, who did you vote for? Uh, gotcha. Uh, well, uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's let's continue on to that. Let's see where the conversation yeah, let's, goes. <laughs> All right. Well, see, see if I'll be invited back. <laughs> Maybe we'll try to get it out of him before the oh, end of the episode. Okay. But, uh, for it. Yeah, like, he loves uh, to do that with anybody. Yeah. So we're feeling a certain type of way with the holidays, mm. you know, right around the corner. Good times, right? Um, it's jolly, jolly. jolly Season time yeah. of year. Mm-hmm. Actually, the gingerbread houses with my kids last night. That pre-built was, or did you have to? Do um, pre-built. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you just decorate? Yes. Well, call. I mean, I wouldn't say just decorate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I mean, there was a lot of <laughs> construction going on. Oh, geez. Um, but uh, it was interesting. But lots of festivities going on, and a great time to think about things like gratitude. And so yeah. that's what yeah. we're going to talk about. Today, mm-hmm. we kind of shared around an article that was on Apple News about uh, about this topic. And I thought you had some interesting thoughts. So why don't you just kick us off, Tim? And you well, just... they, yeah, the article I I found this article on uh, it was I think from um, Inc. was the the news group that put it out, but I think it was called Inc. Mm. And it was an article um, about happiness. So it really wasn't about gratitude, but I actually think that there was a connection to it. But the article basically came out of a, a study that was done, and it was released. And the study kind of proved that people who are uh, desperate, uh, desperate might not be the right word, people who desire happiness tend to become the least happy. Mm. So in other words, it's almost like this idea that it's an almost paradoxical where those who really, really want to be happy um, and think about what they need to do to be happy and what they need to get to be happy 
tend to be the most let down and they don't find that happiness versus the other side, which is those who don't pursue happiness, but maybe look for the beauty in each day or something good or just kind of live life in it. The, they can handle negative emotions better and tend to be happier. Mm -hmm. So I, I found it kind of fascinating because I think about our country and I just think we are, I mean, maybe not just in our country, in our world, I think all of us are kind of obsessed with being happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's life. We just want to be happy. Don't you? That's a good point. Don't you want to be happy? Yeah. I, I think, uh, have you ever seen the, the guy on TikTok that just asks two simple questions? Probably. He walks up to somebody. <laughs> probably. He Is walks his name up to Kevin? <laughs> no, nope, oh, okay. Kevin. Well, he actually might be. Um, but he walks up and he just simply asks any person that's random. Yeah. And he says, hey, are you happy? And they're always thrown off by it, you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not even a normal question to ask people anymore. Right. Um, because I, I think even you kind of alluded towards it, uh, happiness is something that's self-defined. You know what I mean? Like yeah. happiness for one person maybe isn't happiness for the next person. So it's yeah. always individualized. Um, but he asked them, he said, hey, are you happy? And then if they either say yes, no, or give some kind of random thing, he, he says, why? And, and I love, I just love the responses because they always put like the piano keys behind it. <laughs> it gets like real, you know, kind of mm -hmm. sentimental real fast. Um, but it's so true. Like so many people that maybe aren't even looking to be defined as um, successful or, to, you know, defined as all these other labels that we can put on people. Um, you ask them and they're like, yeah, I'm super happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm healthy and wealthy. And you know what I mean? And in my own right. terms, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really cool. No, it's yeah, true. I, when I read that article, I, there's two things that come to mind. I think I don't know if I believe every part of it because mm -hmm. I don't know if we're obsessed with our own happiness as much as as a culture to overgeneralize. We're obsessed with what makes other people happy, mm. what makes what seems to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. um, because I almost think alluding direct what you said about the TikTok video, but it's really hard to th think about what what makes you happy, Tim. What makes you happy, Rick? You can think about it for a second. I want to come back to you. Mm. But well, why don't you tell us first? Then I will. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that but be I, I say that <laughs> because this <laughs> is a when somebody asked me that. Yeah, that was a really hard question. It is, it is hard to, to answer. answer. It's like wait, ooh, how do you define that? I, you know, and I through a lot of soul searching, I think I, you know, and maybe I'm just projecting my interior world on, on the world, but thinking I know what I should want and what seems to make other, you know. All the things, you know, possessions and mm -hmm. certain cars and certain this and certain truck. houses, a truck. Which New I, truck. I got that. And you're doing pretty and well I will right say now. It, is, it does make the truck me happy. Make you happy. But I, I did a, <laughs> yes. it's a utility thing. Uh -huh. I need to get rid of the minivan. Yeah, um, yeah. It's utility. I, get it. I didn't finish uh, my basement. Just painted my garage today. It's a really um, nice. I just painted Nissan my garage Titan today. though. I did. And I have the hookup when it comes to guards. I do have to say. Did you yeah. paint your garage because you're putting your truck inside of it? Yes. Got it. <laughs> it so needed to look better for your truck. <laughs> <laughs> that makes um, sense. No, but it does make me so happy. Yeah. But um, my my point is this, is that um, it's hard to pinpoint the things about you. Like, what do you love to do? If mm -hmm. maybe your spouse or your significant other or your kids come up to you and said, what can I do that would make you happier today? Yeah. What, what what would it be? And I think that's a hard question to ask yourself. But mm. I think that if you were to say what makes people happy, we'd all have an answer, uh, a quicker mm -hmm. answer. I like that. That's it. Yeah, so, that's a good point. What say you? What say me? Oh, <laughs> and I, that, what makes yeah, you happy? Uh, you know what? It now is, that you've outed me, it is on a Well, and you. So you said what? what a new truck made Hot you tub? happy? 
No, I hate the hot tub. I don't ever get in it. I just spent the last what else week. Have you bought? <laughs> oh. <laughs> On this, the podcast yeah. now that I, I okay. We have a hot tub and I hate it. Oh, um, I, I, I'm telling you, I hate it. I spent a week trying Chemistry. to just redoing the whole the thing, worst. and Rick I just I, bought a historical tractor to make. It. <laughs> yeah, he did. Okay, wait. You have to wait until it gets to him to tell about. I'm his, sorry, I'm just feeling violated. Historical I'm tractor super for violated. You guys brought up the truck. Yeah, so <laughs> Okay, it made sense. Um, <laughs> let's let's. Here, here's the thing. I do think there are things that do make us happy. I think that's a great point. It's really hard to define what makes us happy. And so probably the whole point of that article without actually even saying it is that we're all chasing something we can't grab. Mm -hmm. Like it's that whole Ecclesiastes chasing after the wind. I mean, if I think about anybody, when you look at the, the scriptures who was had every reason and what like you said everybody would look at and go i'd be jealous of this person solomon at one point the consider the wisest man in the world the wealthiest man in the world some people look at the amount of gold that he had and other things and say compared to today's time he would blow everybody away in regards to actual wealth still today and he had all that and yet you go read his memoir his ecclesiastes and he's miserable yeah. i mean this guy is miserable and he said i denied myself nothing that i my eyes saw i i had property i had people possessions slaves i mean the guy had everything you could imagine a wealthy owner would have and he said it was he was miserable mm -hmm. and so i do think that um trying to to define it you know for yourself is is hard and it is kind of a subjective thing yeah. and if we remove the really religious answers you know i mean because i think that's what we like to do especially those of us that work in the context you know of well happiness is you know jesus you know it's like can we just let's stop that i'll be honest and say um i do think that happiness not if i say personally I just thought the you were tell me what makes you happy i am i am the things that i think i I like it when uh, my life is in order. Mm. So I'm um, I'm happiest when um, things are not thrown out of order. So when everything is smooth, and I can have my routine, and I can go, I've been able to go to the gym, and I get those things. Like I, it's just weird, but when there's order in my life and consistency, I tend to be happy. Mm. Uh, when you something when something when something messes up my order, it just kind of. Uh, Another one that I've discovered that um, does make me happy is um, um, when, when my relationships are smooth. Mm -hmm. So I have been, I've kind of lived enough to kind of realize, and I don't think I realized that until I, I probably five years ago, but when, you know, it's one of those things that you always think that I could be happier but what you can discover real fast is that your life could be a lot worse. Right. And so all of a sudden, when you get turmoil in your life, when there's relational turmoil with family, with friends, at work, with whatever, you, you realize that it's like that is like a stress that just kind of ruins everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, you know, I like my my car, too. Mm. Did you paint your garage? No, I didn't paint my garage. Mm -hmm. It was painted at one point, but I didn't paint it. Yeah. You know, I do like my car, I did but, by but did it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like but, a man. But it doesn't have to yeah. be new, so but I, I don't know. I mean yeah, I, I do think I do think <laughs> what did you just do? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a new thing. Compensating. It, yeah. Okay. 
So I don't. I, for me though, if I were to like, there, you know, things. I will say this, and, and I have to fight this. Things make me happy for a moment, mm-hmm. but I, I'm. I mean, they do. Like, but one of the things that's been a real benefit that's kind of reframed what probably as you, I, how I'm answering that question right now. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. Has been not being on social media this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I. Honestly, when I'm on social media and just scrolling through people, organizations, things that I follow, products that I follow, man, new stuff pops up. I'm like, gosh, I need to get that. I need to get that. And I don't feel that way most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying there aren't things I want here and there, but it's like it has reduced drastically that desire of if I could just have this or I need that new thing. That feeling has dissipated, not gone. I'll be honest, it's not gone, but it's yeah. dissipated massively. So s- visually seeing that on a regular basis has created a sense of I'm not happy because I don't have. Has that changed since you've gotten older? Like, would you say that no. that was your, as a young no. man, that's what made you happy, order and smooth relationships? No, I would say as I've gotten older, I see that order and relational happiness and relational peace is more what's making me happier today. Mm. When I was younger, it was more what I didn't have that I needed to get. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the older you get, the more established you get. I, I mean, part of that reason could be is that you have time to accumulate stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So the longer you're alive and the more it's like, well, I have the, you know, thing I want. I've got the tractor that I want, or I've got the riding mower that I want. You know what I mean? So you, you had time to accumulate that stuff. I have a car that's not going to break down or I'm not worried. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As much. So I think the older I've gotten, but what I'm saying is the draw to want something else to be happy. I've felt, I feel that just as much yeah. today, I think, as I did then. I just have lived enough to see that that isn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't mean I don't still struggle with it, but sure. I, you know, for me, I think it's as I've gotten older and I've experienced seasons of my life, because I may always want stuff, but seasons of mm-hmm. my life where that other stuff was out of order or relationally things were out of order, that's when I find myself the most miserable. Yeah. So I know I'm not happy. So you're saying sense. almost you're happy. <clears throat> you you being, becoming more aware of what makes you happy yeah. is really the process of you becoming aware of what made you unhappy. Yeah. Actually, that's probably very true. Because I think it's hard to tell. Like you said, it's a great question. It's really hard to define. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the best way I've been able to define it is when I'm most miserable. Mm-hmm. What made me that way? Now, it's almost like I was happy. I didn't know I was happy right. until something came along and it made it worse. And now I'm going, I was happier then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I think it kind of, I didn't think about it. I think that's kind of what the article was saying. Everybody that's trying to get happy never realizes when they are happy. What, um, have you guys so, seen Anchorman? Uh, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. You talked about it really? last episode. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it? Yes, I've seen it. Uh, I just don't remember every ask. quote. I just remember, stay classy, San Diego. I, I forget who asks Ron Burgundy in that movie. Ron, what makes you happy? I think it's, um, I can't remember. The character won't matter. I don't know who it no, is. No, but it, I think it might make it funnier. Mm. <laughs> he says, mm. <laughs> my dog, Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says it just yeah, like that, too, yeah. very well. Uh, I think he, I can't remember. But uh, what makes you happy, Rick? So, uh, again, I think that this is a, a really. Old tractors. 
interesting question because new shoes. They're yes, new <laughs> shoes and old tractors. Uh, they make you happy, and and just like we said, it, it is momentary. Mm-hmm. I think this is the key word of happiness. Mm-hmm. I think happiness is that thing that we could talk about that is continually changing. It's ongoing. What makes us happy right now won't necessarily make us happy next week or the week after. You know what I mean? Because the situations will change. Um, so if we really look at like the theology of happiness, it's almost like happiness are things that go right. Those are the things that we don't have delays. Like we want something and we get it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we're happy. Uh, we we need this and boom, that need is met. You know what I mean? Like relationally, everything's going right. Just like you said, Tim, like those things happen and it's, oh, uh, now I'm happy. But when things uh, are put on delay, mm-hmm. oh man, now I'm not happy anymore. Oh, when, yeah. when, when this happens and so happiness, good. The opposite of happy, bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, that's, I think that's where the weird part of like knowing what other people need to be happy is, might be easy. But for us saying what makes us happy might be super difficult. So, what does so you didn't answer happy? it, though. I, I, yeah, that, <laughs> but, that's, like but that's, why I'm trying to, that's why I'm trying to like Webster this thing a little bit. Yeah. Because t- for me to get to, to my answer, like I, I think everybody mm-hmm. just, I guess, kind of needs to, to mm-hmm. feel where my head's at. Because... Again, I think happiness also comes through all the different difficulties that we go through. Uh, Something that you might take for granted in one season of your life Mm -hmm. um, might become truly your happiness in the next season of Mm -hmm. life. Um, Pastor Kevin, or Kevin, I think that you actually said to Pastor Tim, like, hey, is that because you're older? And and I actually, I really like that question because as you get wiser, as you continue to do that, those things change a little bit. So the things that make me happy, uh, one of the biggest things is order. Like if, if everybody knows their place, they operate within it, the kids go to school at the right time, they got their homework done, they can come home, they can, they can operate in everything that they need to operate in. I can operate as a parent, as a dad, everything that I need to do. My, my wife can do everything that she needs to do. Then the world goes round, and, and it seems like everybody's happy. So mm-hmm. I, I love those moments. I love when um, everybody knows their lane. They can mm-hmm. stay in it and can expand the guardrails a little bit. Um, that's when you see your kids begin to grow. Mm-hmm. That's when you see yourself begin to grow. Um, and I think a lot of that does come from order for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also a fixer. Uh, I don't care what it is, if it's something mechanical, you know what I mean? Like I'll watch YouTube and figure it out. Or if it's a relationship or if it's uh, somebody's problem or if it's those things, uh, I find happiness in that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. very fast. Like I, I don't even like there's a couple situations with people that I'm dealing with even like today where, you know, they're, they're going through some stuff and they get to talk to me or I get to talk to them either way that that works. But I leave the conversation happy mm-hmm. because I got to yeah. help this person maybe see things from a different perspective or maybe you're an Enneagram too. I am a hardcore, like the, that's the helper. Child. So uh-huh. the poster child for two, maybe I wonder if Enneagram, you know, kind of shed some light into what each person sees as It'll happiness. Help you. Yeah. But also simplicity, like, mm-hmm. so not just the organization, not just helping people, but like when everything is very, very simple and stripped down and basic, mm-hmm. man, I, I find a lot of happiness in that, mm-hmm. um, where there's not all the glitz and the glam and the, the things that are way above and beyond. Um, I, I, I tend to find way more happiness in like sitting around a campfire mm-hmm. with like just, just some close friends. Um, and those things are, are those instant stargazing mm-hmm. moments where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is happiness. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that would be my, my three. You seem to get emotional when you talk about it. 
<laughs> no, mm. but I, I think that there, there is a level of like when you find and can define mm. and reflect mm. on happiness, I, I think that there mm. is a level of that where you're like, why don't I do that more often? Yeah. Um, not to get too far into it, but I think you've been through, Rick, a lot of, um, you know, I think you have a unique perspective because you've been through yeah. a lot of tragedy. Yeah. yeah. And for so sure. how has that shaped, you know, maybe mm. for people who don't know your story yeah. and, and how has that shaped the way you view happiness maybe in this Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, maybe for those that, you know, haven't kind of been on this journey, uh, you know, my, my, my late wife passed in 2014 and, you know, it was one of those things where you never expect that 32 years old doing life, you know, the pursuit of happiness with the family was there and, you know, everything got flipped upside down and, it was that moment where I was even speaking of where it's like those times in your life that you take for granted happen so fast. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, the campfires, oh, the things um, that, you know, TGIF, that used to be a big thing when I was a kid. There used to be, you know, those four you shows. You the TV shows? Yes. <laughs> the, the four TV shows. Uh, it was like the Winslow now. family, Family Matters, mm. you know, all those things. Um, he doesn't know. but Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, there's a lot of people that are connecting with me right now. But, um, but that, that for me was those moments that I, that I hated almost growing up. It's like, oh, it's a Friday night, mom and dad, we got to sit around this. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like that is a true statement of eventually seeing happiness in your life. So there, there are things that, that you regret, that you miss, that um, you don't want to miss again. Yeah. And uh, those are the moments that you tend to forget about some of the other things that people tend to put a big filter on to go, man, I have to be this successful. I have to be this busy. I have to find my value or my worth in this when ultimately it's probably something else. Yeah, mm. I think your perspective is fascinating on it um, because you are one of the most joyful per people to be around, mm -hmm. you know, and and I, there's got to be some sort of correlation between the amount of joy someone's able to experience and the amount of hardship they've also mm. gone through, mm -hmm. um, because it's true joy. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, it is. It's comparative. Like, how can you know? There's days where I'll sit in my, you know, my house that's got air conditioning and indoor plumbing and, uh, and water I can drink out of a spigot, mm -hmm. and it's five minutes away from 18 different fast food restaurants I could go and. You know, how could I sit in a house like yeah. that with mm -hmm. my streaming channels and my fireplace and 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 be sit there and, and feel like my life is miserable yeah. you know, and be unhappy when, right. you know, mm -hmm. low-hanging fruit comparison. But there's a kid over on the other on another continent who struggling to find their next meal or right. how about this right down the street mm -hmm. trying to find their next yeah. meal. True. And and how so you're saying that happiness is connected to perspective. Oh, yeah. That's why, you know, I almost disconnect a little bit on, on the article of, because the article was kind of, so it's talking about almost like toxic happiness. Mm -hmm. People who are focused on happiness are the least likely to find it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I agree with that as much as I agree with if the most important thing in your life is that you are happy and you're willing to go to whatever extent to make yourself happy, then you, then you won't, won't get happy. Right, because yeah, well, but I think that's what the article happiness. was saying. Well, <laughs> I think that's what the article was saying. <laughs> okay, but I'm not sure I'm following what you were saying. No, they were talking about if you're focusing on your happiness in the moment, then you mm. won't. People who are instead mm. play the long game, right? Yeah. Instead, okay. think of your future happiness. Yep. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Yeah, I I would almost say um, you really have to. For me, what's been helpful is to really go. What brings me joy? 
right? Yeah. Um, there's, and I think certain people maybe like this more than others, but I'm more of a, if you want to use Enneagram language, they call it a self-forgetting type. Okay. So, and my wife's also a self-forgetting type. Okay. Twos would also be a self-forgetting mm. type. So often the last thing I think about are the day-to-day maintenance Wait, things. Wait, are three self-focusing type? <laughs> Is that the opposite? I, I didn't say it. Is that what they are? I didn't say it. I'm just saying, are three self-focusing type? But, but they the, think about themselves a lot. You know, the same things that you say about, you know, and, you know, order and, and making sure my life is together. Those yeah. are things that I don't feel like I, I want to put in the effort into, but yeah. also bring me joy because yeah. it allows me to focus on other things. Sure. Yeah. You know, but um, I don't know. I, I think that you, it's helpful. It's not always toxic to define what makes you. Oh, happy. I agree. You know. I don't think it is. I think it's the. That's not what you said. I think it has more to do with the pursuit. Nice try. I think it has. <laughs> I think it has more to do with the. This. I think it speaks to a mentality though that can be toxic. And the mentality in our culture today is, um, you deserve to be happy. Right. You should do whatever it takes to get happy. Here's what's funny. We all want to be happy, yet even as we sit down to have this conversation, and most people won't, most of us can't even define it. Right. Right. But we're chasing it. I just want to be happy. I want to be happy. And we can't define it. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We run after, like you all want to say, we run after the low-hanging fruit. We run after what we see makes someone else happy. If that makes them happy, it must make me happy. Right. So if they bought that or they went on that vacation or they wear those things, then they all look happy in their post, and it'll make me happy. Mm-hmm. So we, we run after those things. And I think one of the things that is connected to a sensation of happiness is a dopamine hit. Uh, I think whenever there are things in our life, they say that these create dopamine hits, which create addiction. Or shopping can create a dopamine. I mean, buying a car. I bought a car earlier this year in February. That is exciting. It's exhilarating. You go out in the garage and you're like, yep, it's still there. Boy, it looks really good. <laughs> I'm good. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, you want to go for a drive? Yeah, a I just want to go sit in the car. Just yeah. go drive, yeah. you know? It's warm in there. It, it's because there's, you know, because it, it does create this chemical release inside of us that makes us feel good. And so what we've done is, as a culture is we have associated that chemical release with happiness. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem is, is that's just a, a momentary chemical release that makes us feel something. But what do we do? And this is where addictions come from, is that we keep going back to those dopamine hits. Mm-hmm. We keep going back to those yeah. things. And next thing you know, you're a slave to it. Yep. Right. And so I, I think that what I'm saying is I think that the article, and again, this is just a study that was done. This was uh, posted in the American Psychological Association. I was on their site. Like, this is something that culturally, you know, we're investigating that I think scripturally already speaks to. Right. And, and, you know, the idea of discovering contentment and discovering where you find true, like you said, joy I just think we miss it as a culture if we keep chasing dopamine hits without even real. And we don't know. It's, yeah. People, we don't have conversations like this. When was the last time you sat down and had a conversation to go, what makes you happy? I mean, well, it's I an odd say, conversation to have, but it, it's true. You have to process through it. Yeah. I will say, um, especially holiday season, you start thinking about um, how grateful you are for the things in your life, you know, mm. all different for everybody. But just the vein of what what you were talking about, Rick, the whole idea of helping people can bring you that same sort of joy. Right. And they even said that in the article, right? Yeah, you, at the you end. Wanna, you want to try to find some of this happiness. 
here's a couple tips. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. It said serving others was one of them. Yeah, I found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, I don't know. I think that you have, like you said, Tim, these quick hit kind of dopamine things and, uh, you know, uh, looking at your phone or uh, buying something new, which always shopping. makes you feel good. Online right shopping. You know, mm-hmm. or, Hitting uh, order. You know, Place you order. Even, yeah. You even go, you know, more cynical with it, but people who cheat on their spouse. Uh, yeah. You know, people who, uh, you know, basically. How about adrenaline junkies? Right. Drug Jumping addicts. out of airplanes. Yeah, I was just going to say addicts. Yeah. Addicts are the same way. Yeah. Like that, that, whatever they're addicted to, you know, mm-hmm. those quick hits of mm-hmm. whatever it might be brings that very short oh yeah satisfaction of happiness you but feel it's good. what people and then, go and then towards you, you get to crash down and oh my goodness oh. the the self doubt and all the things that you just start self self reflecting on that's yeah. horrible and i think that it's and that's why i i will keep reemphasizing my belief in the most important question you can ask yourself is what does bring you joy yeah. because i was that person you know i, I addicted to chewing tobacco and mm-hmm. so that was, you know, is three, four times a day, man. To get that, you get that uh, dopamine hit, and you, mm-hmm. and it almost becomes your best friend. Sure, you know, it's a great part of your day. People who smoke cigarettes, people who, or have smoked or done any of those things, before, it makes you happy. It makes yeah. you very. You look forward to it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's lunchtime. I get to eat lunch, and then I get to go do that, or I get to, and, um, and I think that if if we don't identify the things in our life that bring us true joy. Mm-hmm. Right, then we'll settle for the counterfeit version. Yeah. Right. We'll settle for the the stuff that, like you said, Tim, will lead us to towards a place of enslavement. Right? Yeah. I I I personally think as we are celebrating Thanksgiving, like you you mentioned a holiday season. I think there's a lot that this ties into because you know I think you see some of the best and some of the worst of humanity come out in, in yeah. holiday season. For sure. I I think some of the good that you see between Thanksgiving and Christmas is it causes us to focus on what we're grateful for. And I do think that's part of happiness is like, you know, it's the whole idea you're pursuing something that you, you probably already have, if you'd recognize it, that could make you happy, you Mm -hmm. know, realize you're happy. And so gratitude. And so that's one cool thing I think about Thanksgiving is hopefully it focuses you to think about what am I grateful for? And you know, those moments, like you said, where you you take away all that stuff, but if family's there Mm -hmm. and you know, and you can sit down and have time with family, you kind of, you know, but I also think too, with Christmas season, the, the best of what comes out is when the generosity of, the, of our spirit comes out and we enjoy getting things for other people and watching our kids or other people open something else that you thought about them and you mm-hmm. got them a personal gift or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they mean a lot to you. Like you see that outward focus. And then at the time of year, you also see some of the worst, which is the consumerism and right. the greed and the... <clears throat> You know, that, that comes to light, and I think you're never content, and so it's black. So we have it, it, the, the, the oxymoron, uh, the paradoxical experience of 24 hours from let's <laughs> reflect on how grateful we are for what we have to let's have the biggest shopping day right. of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's go from Thanksgiving to Black Friday to where we got to have, 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 buy, get all the deals going, people yep. get into fights in Walmart and all this stuff that, that's happening. That, that is our culture. Mm-hmm. We are conflicted. Right. We are a paradoxical culture that is conflicted. We want happiness. We don't know how to get it. And I, I think if there's anything that maybe this season could, could help us is it, not thinking it's out there, but realizing maybe it's within and discovering what we're grateful for. I agree. I think, so you're saying as the pastor of 
of this church in the past of the podcast, you you think that we should buy less? Buy less, save more. Mm, disagree. I, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you getting on Black Friday? You know, Do you know I, what? We used to. Black I, Friday this is my anniversary. This is, some, is your anniversary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? This year it's Saturday, but I got married on Black Friday. So do you have to like make a deal? Like, you know, hey, honey, why don't you get me this, or I'll get me this, and then you get you that. Mm. What are you talking about? Have you ever done that for a d- No. You know, I'm, no. Did you should probably not talk wait, about that. Wait, did you do that recently? Huh. It's like, hey, if I can buy a <laughs> 1972 tractor, right. then, then you can get a dog? Yeah, that's, that's precisely what happens. And, and I, I love what you're talking about, too, because <laughs> we all know this, but it hasn't gone 24 hours anymore. Like, it's not like, no, oh, you're Thanksgiving right. Shop on Thanksgiving. Then, yeah, it's, it's, it's now where yep. people are, are having Thanksgiving lunch so that, you know, everybody can get together and go shopping they on did. Thanksgiving. You should run for office, however not, you did that. Little, I did know, what? A little distraction from the... From, no, I'm getting back to it. Don't worry. Yeah, that was great. Um, but, but those you have things a cute happen. new dog. We do have a cute new dog. It is a cute little dog. Yep. Walter. He's Walter. cute. Yeah, Walter and our other dog, Bob. We have old man names because I personally think that it's hilarious, <laughs> uh, especially when they get loose and then yeah. you have to run around and say Bob and Walter and you think you're looking for but, like your grandpa. But, but not to go past the story, <laughs> you wanted a tractor. Yes. Yeah, so the, the typical <laughs> give and get uh, in our house um, is if, if I want something, um, and, and my wife wants something, um, typically, uh, one of us doesn't get our way. We both have to get our way. So if, <laughs> ah, if I get something like, the same like an yeah. old, an old tractor. That's why I love my well, wife's birthday. Cause I buy something for like, Ooh, <laughs> one for you. One yeah. for me. So, so here's a funny story. We did, we did that, um, oh. about four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were, my wife was on there shopping. I don't know what she was looking at. Um, new Apple watches, mm-hmm. the Series Seven watches, <clears throat> and uh, we we've had Apple watches. Again, we should be grateful. I mean, how many people have wa- Apple watches? Right. You know, hers is a Series One that we have glued back together huh. like five <laughs> times. I'm not lying; like the whole face of it's come off. But she really likes the color and all this stuff, and they just came <clears> out. <throat> so she was like, "Man, maybe oh, they came out with a color like I like. Maybe I should get one." And then that turned into, yeah, the button on mine and the dial doesn't work on mine either. So she was like, do you want to just get Apple Watches for each other for Christmas? <laughs> so I was like, fine, if you want to. Let's so we ordered Apple Watches. We Christmas. don't have them yet, but we, that's what we got for Christmas, Christmas for each we'll other. we'll forget that that's what we bought. Yeah. We have to get something else. Right. It is funny how we, I mean, we're just <clears throat> creatures that just, but I, we want. Here are, illustrated in those stories you guys just said, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that it's bad. I don't. I'm not saying it's bad. The people in my life, I want them to know me as somebody who is lavish, right, with the gifts that I give them and generous. And, um, you know, some of the most meaningful people in my life have been that with me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a characteristic of God. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that you have uh, um, uh, being a good steward, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, is obviously a characteristic of God. And then on the other hand, you have... Uh, a radical generosity yeah. that's willing to put God first, and, and then also not to forsake the people around you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about my kids. You know, my kids. There's, and uh, you are the best representative. If you're, uh, you know, a parent mm-hmm. to your kids. You're the best representative mm-hmm. of Jesus to your kids, and and the characteristics of God. Okay, so we can't be perfect, but here are some things we can do. We can teach them responsibility and mm-hmm. stewardship, and we can also teach them how generous God is yep. with us by being generous with them. I don't think that it's a bad thing. I never feel like I'm spoiling sure. my kids, really. So you you get them a lot for Christmas is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I, <laughs> I do. You know, I think, you know what? I will say. You know. I, I will. I will say this though. We 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 blessed our kids for Christmas, and I'm grateful that we've been in a position to be able to bless our kids yeah. and have you know good Christmases. And you know, they. I promise you, they know people who get more, and they know people who get less. Sure. Uh-huh. So, um, but you know what's what's interesting is being grown up now and reflecting back on when I was a kid in Christmases. The most memorable Christmas that I ever had um, was a very strange Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was one where we got very little. Hmm. And, it, you know, it's kind of more of an experience. Our parents, you know, took us, and we traveled to Mexico literally across the country in a van. Uh, I mean, it took travel days and days across the country. Um, and I think they did this on purpose, you know. Like, let's go visit some friends who were missionaries from our church, and they were serving in slums, in, in these slums um, in Mexico, and literally, I mean, the people lived in and around a garbage heap, and it was it was pretty crazy. And so we did that, and then we, we um, you know, got to see the country a little bit, and um, I remember we traveled over Christmas break doing that, and I remember, like, it's funny, but I can remember what they got me. I don't remember hardly any of the other Christmases, yeah. but they got us all these, you know, big um, blankets from Tijuana, like we went to Tijuana, they, you know, picked them up and we didn't know. Like they, they, we didn't get a lot. I remember my birthday's two days after Christmas and I got an RC car, a little remote control car. And, you know, and it was the greatest birthday ever. And whenever we stopped the van <laughs> on our five day trek home, I would take the RC car out and wheel it around in the, you know, that. and it's what's weird is it was like it's the most memorable. Yeah. And we didn't get the most stuff. It wasn't when we got the most stuff. And so, you know, I, you know, when I think about those kind of things, I think, man, what will my kids remember of Christmas? Yeah. Most of the time they probably won't remember, honestly, they probably won't remember most of the stuff and the expensive stuff or any of that we buy them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll at least remember the memories. Like my wife, I don't know you guys, my wife, our kids are pretty grown. And my wife for, since they were little has been buying them Christmas pajamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Honey, they're grown. Like my one daughter moved out. She's married. They're gonna come over. Okay, now we get pajamas for him too. Right, exactly. And it's like, wait a minute, they're grown. At what point do we stop giving them a pair of pajamas never. they don't wear every year? You never. Oh, do, baby. so maybe never. maybe they'll remember you know those kind of things and memories, yeah. but they're not gonna remember ooh these expensive shoes and all of these. I promise you, they're not gonna remember that stuff. So, I don't remember. This it. is like a totally super spiritual, like. Um, like a, a connection or analogy, it, it, that whole uh, what was the story of that woman who gives like the one the, the two mites the, or the two little, mites the little, right yeah, and, two copper coins worth and, a fraction of a penny right and, and, and treasury and it was what Jesus has said you know she gave more than mm-hmm. all of she you put combined. in more than all the rich you know all these wealthy people did and so this is super like I'm not even sure if it really makes a ton of sense but in my life the people that were super generous with me towards the holidays mm-hmm. were people who probably. You know, I like moved heaven this. and earth to make that happen yeah. for me, yeah, and I for like my because they wanted more than to give us something nice, like whether or not, you know, because mm-hmm. my kids are at an age where they don't know how much the things I buy them cost. Yeah, um, but one day they will know um, how much intention, mm-hmm. uh, how important it was to me to create an experience for mm-hmm. them. Hopefully. And so for me, I have people who, in my life, generations and generations back, who they made it a priority 
to show, you know, an uh, enormous amount of generosity around the holidays. Yeah. And it wasn't for them, you know, like it, for the house they lived in and that, like, you know, mm-hmm. humble. It, but I don't know. I just, I think it means something in order to, uh, to, to set the tone for your kids. So. I, I love where you're going with this because I, I saw somebody put on Facebook <laughs> a, a couple years ago even, um, and it was like, hey, if there's going to be one overweight man <laughs> with question, questionable fashion that's going to get credit for these presents, <laughs> It's, it's not Santa. <laughs> it's going to be it. me. I know it. uh, it's not going to be Santa. It's going to be me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of parents that, that just sacrifice and sacrifice to give their kids maybe what they missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tim, like you were saying, like one of your most memorable trips was that trip when you mm-hmm. went down and visited the missionaries in Mexico. I, and honestly, I started kind of, you know, going through the history book of my life. And I'm like, man, honestly, it's the same way for me. I can't remember any one gift mm-hmm. that I opened, but I always remember my parents were so smart at this. They would get the big gift that was like, I, I remember the big one was a Nintendo. And it was for me, my brother, and my sister. You know what I mean? And we, mm-hmm. we just played that thing all day. Like yep. blisters on yep. the fingers, yep. duck hunt, the gun was broke like that day. Like it was all, but that was the time. It was the family time. Hey, let's figure out how to hook this thing up to the TV and do this. Um, it wasn't like a specific one gift mm-hmm. that made anything happy. Yeah. It was it was that time that we spent together. It was the road trip. It was the, you know, it was all the things. And and that's where I, I loved where you're going with this, where it's like, man, that person that tried to make happiness mm-hmm. in the form that maybe spoke to us individually, they sacrificed the most mm-hmm. to do that for you or me or, or you, Tim, specifically. Yeah. I can remember a time when it was, um, I think my most memorable Christmas, if that's where we're going with this, it was 2000. Four going into 2005, and my uncle had just been told uh, that day before we had a big family Christmas. My uncle had cancer, yeah. and he was like 42 years old. And he'd just been told, or the whole family had been told, that he had days to live, mm-hmm. and they were going to take him off life support. And I was, I mean, I'm like nine years old at the time. I remember this stuff vividly, and I remember that Christmas when the whole big family gathered on Christmas night, like we still do to this day at my grandma's house, mm-hmm. and it's my grandma's son. And my uncle was the guy who passed out Christmas presents, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and so it was a really like, you know, it was a hard Christmas. Like yeah. the whole mood's different, Yeah, but the, you know, when you create, how do I say this? The, the love that was in the room had been created over decades, you know, and and people who made that tradition of us getting together and just loving on each other ridiculously, mm-hmm. you know, it's just stupid what we buy for each other. And, um, you know, it helps you wade through the times that are maybe not so great. And so, like, I don't know, I think when I think about happiness, when I think about joy, it's like, what are the pillars in my life and what am I creating for my family? Like you said, like, what are these things, these pillars that we can stand on, you know, as while life's going, okay, you know, we're all, all of us are healthy. That's good. You know, and you might be listening to this and your situation might be different, Sure, but we all have our things. And and so the thought process for me is while everybody's healthy, well, well, things are okay. Like how can we set pillars and traditions and, and, and how can we tell our kids and, and tell, show them who we strive to be by the experiences we create for them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
it's this good. is what's important yeah. to us. This is what will be important, no matter what. And then yeah. through time, you can show them, yeah. you know, through adversity and things. No, like I that. think that's wonderful. I think it's great. I think if we, you know, just to probably wrap the whole thing into this idea of discovering happiness, you can't discover happiness outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't. Dis- it's not in something that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's got to be experienced within. And, you know, I, we, we talked a lot about joy, and, and, and I always hate how I think sometimes, you know, I've done this. I think, you know, you try to, we do this in the church world, compare and contrast happiness and joy. Right. I'm not really sure we know the difference, <clears throat> right. you know, um, in reality, but we, well, happiness is momentary and joy lasts for a lifetime. Okay, I understand <laughs> that. But, but I do think that there is a, a deeper and more profound sense of joy that you can experience that is not found in what is around you. It's, it is within you. And I do believe that you can experience that through the presence of God in you. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the, the Bible says that the part of the fruit of God's spirit in you is joy. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, you can, I can think about just even the apostle Paul who would write, you know, the book of Philippians and he, this theme of joy keeps coming. Oh, rejoice over and over again. I say rejoice. And he says this over and over. And he's writing it from in a prison, you know, or from a house arrest being locked up for something he didn't do and that he was accused of. And to think that it's like he also in, in that same book would write, um, I have found the secret of, of being content whether it's in plenty or it's in want or it's hungry or well-fed or naked or well-clothed. He said, I have found the secret of that. And what he discovered was it's not in things around us. It's, it's within, and he found it through a relationship with Christ. And, and so I do think if there are any people on this earth that should be the happiest people on the earth, it is people who follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the that's people the who have the presence of God in their life. And, and, and yet I think that's also the same struggle that probably all three of us would say here at the table that we feel, yeah. is that I'm fighting against <clears throat> a sense of I need this to be happy instead of recognizing that I have the source of joy within me. And, and again, I think it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. And maybe this season, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, how, how do we reflect on that and find it? And, but one thing the article said was, you know, take the long view. And I think instead of trying to pursue it, try to find daily moments. How can you find moments that are just filled with joy? How can you find moments with your kids? How can you find moments with your spouse? How can you find moments even at work where, where you can just be at peace and kind of enjoy the moment, whether you're laughing about something with a coworker or whatever and not, you know, find joy in that. And then I like what they said. They said, serve others. I think we mentioned it. You yeah. talked about that. You're an Enneagram too, but you don't have to be an Enneagram too to find joy in serving others. For sure. There is something incredible when you know that you've been able to help someone. I feel that way when I... If I can do something to help somebody, man, that's, maybe that's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. That when, when we're giving and we're pouring out, that's when we're the happiest. And mm-hmm. so, I love it. Yeah. I, so I can see that too coming from um, the outside church world, looking into the church world. Like it's, it would be a bad business plan if God put us all together. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times, you know, some Christians seem to be like 
the worst mood, mellow, level-headed. You wouldn't say happiness. You wouldn't mm-hmm. say joy. Yeah. You wouldn't say peace. You know what I mean? Because it's it's they're maybe setting themselves to a standard that it's unachievable. Mm-hmm. And it it seems like a lot of people that wouldn't know these things would say, "Oh my goodness, this is a bad business plan that God put on Christians to try to to be happy or joyful or, or peaceful or whatever." Um, because I I look at it so often where it's mm-hmm. like, "Yes, yeah, serving others, uh, giving other." people things. And and then, of course, this releasing on Black Friday, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I love to give people things. I love to serve others. But man, if there's only like five of the things that I'm looking for, like I'm not letting somebody ditch me in line, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To try to, to serve them <laughs> yeah. to do that. Like I'm going to make sure that I get mine. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's, that's the weird kind of like dichotomy from that. But I also understand where, where you, you take little bits of happiness and, and you infuse that with other things. And it, you know, turns the joy for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love encouragement. Uh, I mm-hmm. encourage, encouragement is my thing. It's my MO. I, I love to do it. Um, it encourages me to encourage others. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's anybody that I've met that doesn't have hope. That's not encouraged. Right. That yeah. doesn't have joy. Yeah. That's not encouraged by somebody mm-hmm. or been given even momentary times of happiness yeah. to, to get to the place of joy. Um, so I, I think that's just maybe a couple little things like serving others, encouraging others, yeah, uh, people that are down, you know, the, the blue Christmas stuff mm-hmm, that's going to yeah. be coming up. And, you know, a lot of churches and places are doing that. Um, that's a special group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a group of people that are trying to look past the, the camouflage of, of fake happiness right yeah. now and try to find within them the true joy that yeah. they know is there somewhere. That's good. It's really good. I, I just want to... Um, I don't know. We can wrap it up. And I want to say this. I want to say, like, maybe this podcast can be an encouragement to you if you're listening. Mm -hmm. Um, As maybe there's people who are listening who maybe they're going through a rough season where they've lost somebody. Or the holidays can be hard in that way. Um, Maybe, you know, depression, anxiety at at an all-time high in our society right now with all the all the things we've gone through the past couple of years, you know, it's been overstated even, but I think sometimes people feel like happiness and joy is so far away, like yeah. it's out of their grasp. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening and you feel like you're unable to be happy in your life or you feel like that ship has sailed and you're trying to find a way to just be content with being unhappy, uh, we don't think that's what God wants for you. And maybe this, you know, podcast can be an encouragement to you. There are, uh, there is joy ahead of you, and that, that there's there's things that you can do in the real world in real life mm-hmm. that can help you take steps towards that. Things like serving others, things like encouraging others. We've yeah, talked about it good. on this podcast being before. Grateful. Being attitude. grateful, giving your way out yeah. of a rough season. Oh, Go and yeah. do something for somebody. Go and get out of the isolation that you find yourself yeah. in and um, go make somebody feel like a million bucks. Do what you got to do. Uh, but we are praying with you, standing with you, and we hope that your Thanksgiving was incredible. And uh, we uh, would love if you reach out to us through an email. You can email podcast at the x.church. Maybe a question, maybe just some feedback. Uh, maybe you've just never let us know that you listen to us every single week. We'd love to hear from you. Rick, thanks for being with us yeah, here today. Yeah, thank you so much. Tim, thanks me. as always. Yeah. We'll see you next week for our next episode.